0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I'd like to welcome everyone today. If you are a guest this morning, we are glad to have you. We thank you for being in service with us today. If you're watching us online today, wherever you're joining us from, we welcome you as a part of this service as well. Praise God. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, there are those today that say, and profess that the Old Testament is not for us. But there are so many things in the Old Testament that give us understanding of the New Testament. And there are principles throughout the Old Testament that are extremely critical principles to our walk with God, our relationship with God, and what we do. And so this is one of those passages amongst many, many others. Genesis 3 and verse 1, now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The Amplified Bible says, verse 1 this way, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? New Living Translation says it this way, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on this subject, the last word. The last word. Father, thank you for your wonderful presence we have felt in this place today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for what you have already done this morning. I pray now, God, that you would speak to us today through your word. God, I ask you again this morning that this would not simply be a sermon that would take up time in this service, but it would be a word that would come from you, that would find good ground in the hearts of people here today, that it might produce something in our lives. I trust you today and depend upon you, Father. I trust you for your anointing this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There really are some amazing things, even in the first Several chapters of the Bible that let us know that there's some, there's some things about man, mankind, that have always been that way. The wise man said there's nothing new under the sun. And when I read some things from the very beginning, the first several chapters of the books, of the Bible, I find some things that before all of the opportunities that we have today, before all of the temptations that are now in our world today, there, there was, there was a way that man was wired from the beginning. I am of the opinion and I am not a, doctorate of anything today. I'm not even a doctorate of theology. I got my degree at the good old University of Maryland in business management and that's not very religious at all. Uh, so that was my, my college education and so I, I don't stand here today as some uh, uh, great uh, theologian or or some great wise person but my belief, my strong belief, is man is the same today as he's always been. Oh, I know the world says we're in the postmodern, and that's it's not postmodern. And now it's something else. I can't even keep up. And and but but there are things about man that, if you go back throughout history, you will find that, that the the the, the uh, opportunities may have changed, the circumstances may have changed, but man is still the same. Man is still the same because there's one Creator of man, and when He made the first man, He got it right the first time. I I know some say He improved with Eve and did a better job than with Adam, and there's some parts of that I wouldn't disagree with. But from the beginning, God got it right. God didn't need a a, a test model. He didn't have to. He He knew what He was doing. So God has not changed the way He creates man. We're still wired the same. Well, I guess maybe I'm the only one that believes that, but that's okay. It's not my message this morning, but just by way of example, we live in what we think is a victim world where everybody's a victim and nobody takes responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. I mean, you go out and commit a crime and it's not your fault because there's reasons why you did that, right? I don't know why we're so surprised at that. It's nothing new. When there was only two people that we know of that disobeyed and sinned, she said, or he said first, wasn't my fault. Don't blame me. She gave it to me. She said, wasn't my fault, it was the serpent's fault. (laughs) From the very beginning, humanity has not been willing to accept responsibilities for its choices. It's always somebody else's fault. They did this, she did that, he said this. Don't blame me for my actions, I'm just reacting to what they did. Seems like it's gotten a little worse, but it's nothing new. <laughs> I mean, before internet, before television, before radio, before media, before anything. I mean, I mean it was just the garden. It was just just Adam and Eve and the trees and the animals. How do you get in trouble with that? <laughs> and yet from the very beginning, man says, "Sorry, I I didn't do it." So we're not dealing with anything new. That was just, that was free. Just not really the point here this morning. So going back to verse number one, there really are, uh, there, there seems to me to be a couple of different connotations to what is being said. And one of the reasons for reading a couple of other translations to give a little bit of flavor, uh, I, it seems that there were a couple of ways that the the that that the serpent that satan was trying to sow doubt in the mind of eve uh, has has god said i like the way the amplified says it can it really be that god has said i mean come on did god really say i mean come on and then if he did are you really going to believe that did God say you, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did God, did God really say that? There was from the beginning of time, there has been from the beginning of time an attempt by Satan to sow doubt in the minds of humanity with regards to the Word of God. I will say it again, we're not dealing with anything new today. It seems to be amped up in the world we're in. It seems to be that through the means of technology and other things we deal with in our world, we are bombarded even more by this idea of questioning and doubting the Word of God. But from the very beginning of time, Satan has attempted To sow doubt in the minds of humanity with regards to the word of God. Did did God really say? Did God really say? What you say, he said. Of course, there's another part of this that we find is, do you really know what God said? Because she said that God said we can eat of every tree of the garden except the tree which is in the middle of the garden, which we know to be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she, But she says you shall not eat of it. That's what God said. God said don't eat of it. But she says, God said, don't eat of it and don't touch it. God didn't say don't touch it. Now, i got to tell you, I think it was really wise, it would be wise, if God says, don't eat it, then I should say, I'm not even going to touch it. Because if I touch it, I'm now entertaining and providing the opportunity to eat. So, if I don't eat, a good way to not eat is to not touch. I don't think there was, I think, in fact, I think that was a really good, idea on her part. God said, don't eat it, so I'm not going to touch it. I mean, there is no temptation to drink that water from here. But if I'm holding it and feeling thirsty, I'm creating the opportunity. So she says, God said don't eat it, but also don't, that's not what God said. And that's the problem with too many individuals is you don't really know what God said. And the enemy is wise when you don't know what God said. He comes in and starts twisting it all around. And then when God doesn't do what God said He would do, supposedly, because the enemy twisted it, we start to doubt God and His Word. There are those that preach, if you send in your offering, you send in your seed offering, God is going to bless you. They essentially tell you, you're going to become wealthy and rich. Because the word of God says I wish that you would prosper and be in good health. Woo! That's where they stop. The scripture says I, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. And so the word gets twisted and then when it doesn't quite work, we start to doubt and play right in to the enemy's hands. You see, it, it kind of seems the devil got the first word. I don't know, I don't find anything in Scripture that gives us any idea how long Adam and Eve had been alive before this point. I don't know if it was days, weeks, months, years. We, we, from my understanding of scripture, we don't know. But at some period of time, Satan shows up to say, hey, I want to get you to question. I want you to doubt God's word. I want you to second guess it. I want you to be skeptical of it. I want you to be cynical of it. I want you to just actually reject it. But if I can't get you to outright reject it, I just want you to doubt it some. I just, I just want you to question it some. And so, from the very beginning, Satan has attempted to sow doubt in the minds of humanity. And here we are in 2016, and it seems like it's only been amped up even more. What I can tell you is that throughout all of time, and even throughout the Word of God, there have been those that no matter what the serpent has said and No matter what anyone else said, no matter what family members say, no matter what peers and friends say, no matter what society says, no matter what culture tells us, there are those that still hold to the fact that this really is God's Word, and God's Word remains forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the Word of God is going to remain. Job said it like this in Job 23 and verse 11. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Your word, God, is more important to me than the food that I actually eat. I don't think Job was talking figuratively here. I I don't think he was just talking hypothetically. He was truly saying, I have valued your word above what I even eat. If anybody had a reason to doubt God and his word, Job had a reason. The Bible says he was the most upright man of his day. I mean, if you're the most upright man, you ought to, that ought to get you some in with God. That ought to get some pretty good perks, you know. And yet, Job, I, I'm t- I, I don't know anybody in all of history that's ever had a worse day than Job. I've had some days I thought were bad, and all i got to do is think about Job, and it's—you know it's not such a bad day after all. In one day, he loses his possessions and, and the icing on the cake is he loses seven sons and three daughters in one single accident. <laughs> and, and, and you know, if it was, if it was 2016 and, and, and it was Job's day, it, the way it would have worked is he'd have been on the phone with one servant and there would have been beeping through call waiting from the next servant. Because the Bible says as one guy was finishing, the next guy was on his way in to say the next catastrophe has happened. And yet through all of that, through all of that, Job says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more. And my necessary food. Psalms 19 and verse 9. The psalmist says. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord. Are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired. Are they than gold. Yea than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them. Is thy servant worn. And in keeping of them. There is. There is, I have any witnesses that can say today, in keeping of the word of God, there is great reward. Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Verse 101 of the same psalm, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep Thy word. I don't care what anybody else is doing, God, I am going to hang on to Your word. I have not departed from thy judgments for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than the honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light my path. Verse 126, it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. If there's ever been been a day in which a people could say that someone has made void the law of God. In 2016 in the United States of America we can say it's time for you Lord to work because they have made your law void. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, I consider what you say about everything to be right you know we we 've got people in this church, some here this morning, others that are in other locations this morning we 've got people in various professions we 've got or several people in the same profession and and in some situations i've i 've been in where where somebody 's asked one. Person's opinion about something and, and that person gives their opinion and then you go ask another person who works in the same profession about it and they give you a whole different answer and everybody thinks they are exactly right. I've listened as people in one profession criticize another brother or sister in the church in the same profession and so you, you can go get opinions. What do you think about this? What do you, how do you think I should do this? And they'll tell you. And then, and then you say, well, so-and-so said I should. No, they don't know what they're talking about. They tell you something. When it comes to matters of life, when it comes to how to live, when it comes to the source of life, when it comes to how to be a good husband and a good wife and a good father and a good mother and a good son and a good daughter, when it comes to how to be a good boss or a good employee, when it comes to every matter of life, as the psalmist said... I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. I don't need anybody to tell me today, God, that something about your word is incorrect or inaccurate. I don't care what the government say. I don't care what laws are passed. I don't care who says what. I esteem what you say about all things to be right. Jeremiah 15 and 16, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Forgive me for a moment for getting on my soapbox for a minute, but it's not just the world anymore that is causing us or trying to get us to devalue the significance and the importance of the Word of God. But even now amongst those that claim to be Christian, there are those of the opinion that how can you, how can you put everything, how can you invest everything in the what, what the Word of God says. How, how can you take letters that were written a couple of thousand years ago to be the source and the direction and the answer? That's in the, that's in the church now. But I still believe there are those that say, I don't care what the questions are. I don't care what the doubts that are trying to be sown are. I have esteemed his word. We don't, now, now the devil doesn't even have to try to get everybody to the question. He's got people helping him. According to Genesis, he went to Eve himself. 2016, he doesn't have to go there. He's got people that are evangelizing for him. Come on, did God really say that? It's 2016. Do you think that, re- do you think all of that really applies today? Hello? I mean, come on, times have changed, things are different now. The world has changed, people are smarter. We know more now than we've ever known before, yes? And Paul told Timothy about that. He said it's going to be people, in fact, I think I'll read it here in a little bit, but he said they're going to be ever learning, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How many of you know what it was like in high school and college when you did your turn paper, you had to go physically to the library and find the books and check out the books and read the books. Now you just, you don't know what that is, do you? Yeah, look at them. The what? The The where? Now you just... You know, kick back in your pajamas and get your cup of coffee. And if you've got internet access, you can get all of the information you want and never leave home. We are ever learning. And yet the Bible, 2,000 years ago, prophesied we would be ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just because you know something doesn't mean you know everything. And just because you've got some knowledge doesn't mean you've got the truth. And the only, I declare again today, at least for this church, the only source of truth and the ultimate source of truth has always been and will always be the unchanging Word of God. So not only did it start from the very beginning, but it's nothing new. It was foretold that we would have to face the challenge of a disregard for and a questioning of the Word of God. Second Timothy chapter 3. I want to read the whole chapter if you'll bear with me. I just mentioned one of these verses, but I'd like to read the chapter. Paul says to Timothy, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Do we need a Bible study today that we're in the last days? <laughs> For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce break- breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Hello? You know what? You you may not be able to interpret the 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 seals and the trumpets and all that in Revelation. You might not be able to understand some things that Daniel said about the end times. But this is pretty self-explanatory. For of or traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers. Of God. We sit in a sanctuary this morning that's not even half full. Empty seats not only in the back, but empty seats by a bunch of you. And yet there are places you will go or can pass by this afternoon that will be crowded, packed. Go downtown Annapolis this afternoon. Go down there, get some lunch. You probably won't even be able to find a parking spot. Without having to ride around for a while. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What is the power thereof? Every time I read that verse, I think of that old song that says, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change In my life, if you've got Jesus on the inside, it's going to show on the outside in all kinds of ways. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janies and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. The men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be be manifest unto all, all men as theirs also was." But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which I, which, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. Oh, here we go. Let's skip Anybody, let's cut and cut. No, we ain't pasting. We're destroying. (laughs) All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? You won't hear that on TV today. That's not going to be preached. And yet Paul said, if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers... Shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise. Unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving. Not only deceiving but being deceived. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. I'm just gonna live how I wanna live. Yeah, there's a God, and yeah, God's real, but I'm just, I'm gonna live life the way I wanna live life. I'll, I'll do life the way I wanna do life. And saying, where is the promise of his coming, coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So from the very beginning of time, the enemy has tried to get us to question. Sown doubt in the lives of humanity with regards to the reality and the truthfulness and the dependability of the word of God. But who? Who gets the last word? The devil got the first. But who gets the last? Revelation 12 and 9, and I realize in the context of time, this precedes even what we read of Adam and Eve, but you'll let me use the principle out of it. Revelation 12 and 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. I beg young and older here today to listen to me. Not get caught up with the mindset of this world, but to understand that there was a deceiver who continues to try to deceive the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and His angels were cast out with Him. It says, and, but I'd like to, if you permit me, forgive me for saying it this way. But I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God... Day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. You got the first word in the garden, devil. But there's going to be a last word. And the last word is going to be God's word. And that's the only word that has ever mattered. Sister Trish, come please, last passage, Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 1. This is about as close to the end of the Bible. We started with the beginning, and this is about as close to the end as you can get. Verse 1 of chapter 20 of Revelation, And I saw an angel come from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. (laughs) What you going to do with that chain? What you gonna do with that chain, angel? And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. You've been wreaking havoc since the beginning of time. You've been causing questions and doubts in the minds of humanity from the beginning. But let's just go ahead and show who really has the power. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. I think there's a literal connotation to that. But in 2016, there's a figurative one. He shut him up. Talk to the hand. You've run your mouth long enough. You've deceived long enough. You are now shut up and set a seal upon him. That he should deceive the nations no more. That he should deceive the nations no more. You've done it long enough. You've wreaked havoc long enough. Your time is finished. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed. A little season. You're going to get out. But it's only going to be for temporary. And then you're going back for good. And I saw thrones. And they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. That's those that in spite of the fact they were going to lose their head, literally, chose that this remains true. That it doesn't matter what any individual says, it doesn't matter what the consequences are, the word of God remains. I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and for which, and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand Years, I believe that I preached to some people in this place this morning that you have been a victim, you have been a prey of the great deceiver. And he has caused you to make decisions in your life based on a questioning and a doubting of the Word of God. But I've come to declare to you today, the devil may have a season to question and to cause question. But God is going to get the last word. God is going to have the final say. And so my question to you as I close today is when the final say comes, which side are you going to be standing on? Which side are you going to be standing on? There's a story in... History of the children of Israel that there was a man that came to Moses and said, Moses, you know, you, you, you try to do too much. You, you've, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't exactly what the Bible says, but it's the gist of it. You got, you got a little bit too big of an ego. I don't know who you think you are telling us all this stuff you're telling us. Who, who made you the boss? Moses went to God and God said, I tell you what, we're going to have a little, we have a little showdown. You gather those together that stand with you and believe you, and you get those that stand with Korah to gather together and stand with him, and we will find out. Gathered together, and the Bible says when Korah and all of those that gathered together with him, that stood against Moses and questioned Moses' words, and Question: Moses as being God's man. The the ground opened up and swallowed them up. Preacher, you really believe that happened? Yeah, actually we've got more reason to believe that today than ever. Because you can go on the internet and see videos of sinkholes. If there can be a random sinkhole, there can be a purposeful sinkhole. Preacher, you really believe all that stuff in that book? Yeah. You you're really going to base your whole life on what that book says? Yeah. Well, well, what if what if at the very end, preacher, it turns out to be wrong? I don't know. What if So I had great friends, blessed with a beautiful wife and four great kids, part of a wonderful church family. So if I get to the end and a bunch of it really wasn't true, what have I lost? But if you choose to gamble that it really isn't true and it's not necessary, and you get to the end and you find out you were wrong, Who loses? I have nothing to lose by basing my life that this is truth. And everything to gain. You have nothing to gain and everything to lose to decide. It's my life. I'll live it my way. Did God really say? Of course, the next question for some is, Is there really even a God to say anything? I don't, you gamble however you want to gamble, but I am of the belief that God is going to get the last word. And that in the end, all of the questions and doubt and deception. That Satan has been allowed, allowed by God to sow in the end. There's coming an angel with a key and a chain. And there's a pit that's been prepared. I ask if you would to stand please. I wonder if I could ask everyone that would for a few moments here as we wind up this service. Would you be willing in your own words, in your own way, to begin to express to the Lord, God, I want to completely trust Believe, rely on your word. I I think you know this, Josh. I think you're aware of this. More than ever before in your life, I know you've experienced it already some, I'm sure at school. But at least at the end of the day, you went home to your parents and that atmosphere and that environment. But you are getting ready to embark on your own. By yourself. There's not going to be any parents to go home to at night and to say, there's doubts and questions and you got to somehow have it. You've got to somehow absolutely make up your mind. Doesn't matter what anybody says. Doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter if people criticize me, mock me. Doesn't matter what anybody does. I'm going to esteem The words of his mouth more than my necessary food. There are some of you here today that to this point in time, you have really not lived your life according to this book and what it says. I would challenge you today, the greatest decision you could ever make in your life is the decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ to submit yourself to His Word, to live your life according to His Word, to receive the greatest gift that anybody has ever received, the gift of His Spirit. If you would, if you're comfortable with it, I could ask you just to close your eyes right where you are. Again, if you're willing to, would you just begin to express in your own words. There, You say, Preacher, I don't really know how to pray. That's, if you know how to talk, you know how to pray. There, There is no certain vocabulary to use. There, There's not some certain expressions you've got to use. Just your words, your way. God, there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of questions that I am bombarded with. There's a lot of things that come my way that try to cause me to doubt and question. But according to your word in the end god you're going to be proven to be the one is true and right so today god i want to i want to surrender myself i want to commit myself no matter what the doubts no matter what the questions no matter what the accusations are I want to esteem the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. I I want to hide your word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. I want your word to be what governs my life, no matter what the doubts and the questions are. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Maybe there's somebody close by you that you could just join together with for a moment. We pray one for another for a minute here. Pray that God would help us today. God, You know. You know better than we even know it ourselves. All of the questions and doubts and accusations that we are bombarded with by the world. But God, we want to be true To your word, we want to stand on your word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, in the midst of men that are deceiving and being deceived, in the midst of a political and social climate where your word is ridiculed, your word is criticized, your Word is devalued. God, we want to wholeheartedly stand on, embrace that Your Word is the same. It is true. It is real. It is dependable. It is reliable. Come on, somebody surrender your life today. I I encourage somebody today, give up control. Why do I want to give up control? Why would I want to give up control of my life Because there's no way I've got the wisdom and knowledge and ability to successfully run my life on my own. I need a God who is sovereign, who is all-knowing, who is omnipresent, who never changes. I need Him. I need Him to govern my life. I need Him to order my steps. I need an unchanging God in the midst of a changing world. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on church. I know some of you already are. But please be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The world may ridicule. The world may scoff and mock. But God you're going to get the last word. And your word is is the true Word. Your Word is the eternal Word. Your Word is the unchanging Word. I put my trust in Your Word today. I put my confidence in Your Word today. I put my faith in Your Word. I open my heart, my mind, my spirit today to be influenced by Your Word, Lord. In the name of Jesus the name of Jesus, no matter what questions, no matter what questions the enemy brings against my mind, no matter what doubts he tries to bombard me with, God, I'm going to trust. I choose to trust your word. I choose to trust your word. I choose to trust your word. In the name of Jesus, 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 are the power of your Spirit today. God, you're able through your Spirit to overcome the doubts and the questions and the accusations the enemy bombards our minds with. You are the eternal, unchanging, faithful, true, reliable God. The only God. In the name of Jesus. 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 As some continue to pray, we continue to sing. If you need to go, if you want to go, you're welcome to do so. Please be mindful of those around you that may still be praying. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The power of your spirit today. Make your word alive in hearts and lives in this place today. Give somebody the grace, the strength today, God. God. To make a decision to trust Your Word above everything else. To rely upon Your Word above everything else, God. Not on human philosophy, not on human reasoning. But to rely upon the unchanging Word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus.